This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically, Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sitting across the table in his snazzy new Beats headphones is Josh Landy. I'm learning all the tricks about sound engineering, even though we have Leon, who's terrific, back mm. with us today. Yeah. I'm nervous that in the future I may need to do the sound engineering again, so I've got the headphones on. I think you will. I don't think anyone listening at home would be aware or interested that I'm wearing headphones. They might be more interested in your beautiful jumper with, yeah, a, with a bear on a skateboard. I, mean. I saw you post it on, uh, on Instagram earlier. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Is that a new purchase? I, I didn't just post a picture of myself on Instagram gratuitously. I was interviewing legendary worldwide, um, worldwide famous, world famous actor Jamie Dornan. That was why it was a picture of me with him. I happened to but be you chose a great jumper for the occasion. Splendid jumper, yeah. It's a little Palace Polo Ralph Lauren collab. Josh? Yeah, I'm going to get involved. I might have to get the same yeah. one. We can wear That's it together. Fine. I mean, you can try. They are very limited edition, but, you know, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Do you know the right people? I know ways the More right people. than Supreme. It's on the same lines as Supreme. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We've got two great guests. Exactly. Enough of that twattery. I speak above myself, not you. We've got two great guests. We have John Bruin, freelance writer, editor, person, extraordinaire. Gone for hire. Football expert, I'm calling you. Okay, well. How about that? I hope I can live up to that. (laughs) Who's been on before? Welcome back. Thank you. And new, newbie, doctor, doctor. We've had a doctor. This could be a a footballistly Arsenal first. Have you had a doctor before? I don't think so. I can't think of one. No. Dr. Tom Markham, who's official, I'll have to read your official Twitter biography because it is splendid. Head of Strategic BD, which I had no idea what that meant, but I'm informed it's business development. Correct. At SI Games, who are the people who give us football manager. Yes. Which is a phenomenon, obviously. I mean, really, there's only like three games people care about these days, isn't it? Football manager, FIFA, something else. Call of Duty. Call of Duty, I think that's what the kids play. Kids, yeah. (laughs) Um, And you're also a producer, film producer of... 
a film about Carlos Kaiser. Do you want to tell us about that now? I mean, I'm intrigued. If you you want to hear about it now, yeah. The greatest footballer never to play football is the very enticing tagline. Sure. Well, going back to the start, a very good friend of mine, and actually the person who I sit beside, this fellow season ticket holder at Arsenal, uh, Rob Fulham is his name. He's an oil broker in the city. And he found, he was actually trying to find out what Ali Dia was up to now. And he came across this story about Carlos Kaiser. So it was three paragraphs in Portuguese. He showed, he translated them, showed them to me, and I looked at it and dismissed it and said, you know, this story is absolutely ridiculous. But the premise of it was that this guy managed to blag a 26-year professional football career despite being terrible at football. Oh, I love these stories. So that that was 2013. Right. 2014, we travelled to Brazil for the World Cup. I was there with a friend who worked in the football industry. We went out with, on two, two nights out in a row, a few Caipirinhas, a few beers, and uh, people were telling their best football stories, and this story came up twice as basically the best Brazilian football story. And it just got better and better. We were asking all the obvious questions as to how someone might be able to do this, yeah. why it was allowed. <laughs> yeah. But the more that came out the more gobsmacked we were. So we actually came back. We were in, uh, we were in another boozer, not a million miles from here. I was drinking in the story. The, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think yeah. that, that's thematic of, okay. the, of the whole okay. process. Right. But um, it started off, we'd never made a movie before. And uh, effectively, Rob said, someone should make a film about this. And then after about six points, it was, we should make a film about this. Uh-huh. So... Fast forward uh, three years down the line, it was at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. It was nominated for Best UK Feature at Raindance. But the story itself is so... It's one of the best common tales you'll ever come across. He befriended two generations of the best Brazilian footballers. So from the 70 team right through to the 94 team, we interviewed Carlos Alberto, we interviewed Zico, we interviewed Bebeto, wow. and there's a few other characters. I think 12 World Cup winners we interviewed That's during brilliant. the making of this. And, so, and when's it out here? So it's, it's now, uh, it's, it's out on digital oh, like iTunes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. here, here only in the UK and, and, oh. and in Ireland, mainly because we, we released a book at the same time because right. the story was so deep. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's out on the UK, it, or in, in the UK. I think we had a, a cinematic release. It was in about 60 cinemas, but it was, sure. again, it's a, it's a small independent yeah. film. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've, oh, I went to see here it we at go. the cinema. Yes, good to hear. Uh, That's how committed you are to football <laughs> as, a, as a theme. Well, it was my companion of the time wanted oh, to okay. go and see it, but oh, okay. it was, I'm glad she took me along. Let's put <laughs> she it that dragged way. you along and you, uh, not, and you enjoyed it, obviously. It was excellent, yes. Excellent. It was right. excellent. She fell Thank asleep, you. but there you go. <laughs> we, may, we may talk more. I mean, I mean, you've said almost all there is to be said, but we may talk more about that. Later. But we should talk about Arsenal first. That's, that is... You're, so you're a season ticket holder. Where do you sit? Correct. Uh, block 111, just uh, behind the Old Trafford 02 uh, oh. banner. So oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Across from the director's box, a little bit to the right, close to Robert Peston. Really, that's yeah. good to know. Robert Peston, who famously was that, what was the game? Was it Cologne, the Cologne game, where he alleged on Twitter that the German fans were kind of doing Nazi salutes and stuff? And I think in the end, yeah, and I think in the end he got a bit carried away, and people were like, I don't know if they actually did. And there was anyway. There was definitely. I remember him <laughs> being very furious. 
I mean, he's not here to defend himself. I'm not having a go, even. But he definitely got, like, really angry about... Do you remember that whole situation where there were thousands and thousands of they arrived, you know, that whole kind of uh, amazing night? I, I was both there, and I also saw Robert Pester quite oh recently. God, is, you're like everywhere. Yeah. You're the Forrest Gump of this podcast. Yes. I saw him at a Funkadelic concert. George <laughs> Clint. Yeah, this is brilliant. Dressed in the same clothes that he'd been wearing on TV that afternoon. Fair enough. You get yeah. you probably enough time to go home and change, did he? No. I mean, for, and also have a Funkadelic. But it was some night where sort of massive Brexit news broke, and he oh, was right. tweeting from right, oh, and I knew great. where he was tweeting from. Which that's good. That's <laughs> really exciting. Did you ask him about the whole Cologne fans thing? I Josh did. is just tracking down this. Well, I have found uh, Robert Pearson's tweet uh, that you are, I think, referring to yeah. on the fourteenth uh, of September, twenty seventeen, at eight thirty-seven. He tweeted, <laughs> "These Cologne fans are a disgrace. Nazi salutes peeing, peeing in doorsteps. My European solidarity being tested." Yeah. And I remember bringing this up on this very podcast, like that he'd said that because because I because I because what happened to me that night? For some reason, I didn't get to that game, so I was kind of and, showbiz. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't think anyone else seemed to have seen this this stuff happening. So <laughs> I'm not saying you invented it. What about you but... retweet it now? <laughs> no, some 12, gonna... 14 no, months on, get... you could get the whole thing. I don't want to get pestered in trouble. <laughs> at all. We should invite him on. Oh God, get to him on. That'd defend himself. Yeah. Anyway. Um, more topics. We should just generally talk about Arsenal. Is what you meant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, I mean, that's all. This is all. I mean, like, being next to Peston at a, a Funkadelic gig is frankly not going. It's not going to get any better than that. But who, who, do you went to the game? Didn't I went you? to the game. I say that like no one ever goes to an away game. No, it's very. It's the hardest game to get a ticket for. Yeah, it's tiny, the smallest isn't it? allocation. It is funny. I, I obviously, as, as listeners to the podcast will know, occasionally go to Leighton Orient. My, I guess, what I would call my second team. It's amazing how similar the grounds feel. It's extraordinary, and yet one is playing in the Premier League, supposed to compete on the same level as 74, 75,000 Old Trafford, and yet here we are, Bournemouth, with you know 12,000 people. It, it's just a small stadium. It doesn't feel very Premier League. But it was great, great to, to get down to the south coast and, uh, yeah, enjoyed the day. On, on the TV coverage, on, uh, on Ultra HD Sky coverage, you could hear, it's so small, you could hear like what like the managers and coaches were shouting at the yeah. players I always enjoy. And also, you're so close <laughs> to the pitch, you, you hear the players. Right. It's an unusual right. one. Usually, yeah. you know, Premier League Stadium is just a, a buzz of noise. Mm. And actually, it wasn't the best atmosphere. I thought it was fairly flat from both fans. Yeah, Arsenal see, fans right. were okay, but nothing special. I thought it was a bit weird that you could hear so much You could that. really hear. <laughs> it, <laughs> so there wasn't was that unusual. much chanting. Yeah, a lot of Kolasinac, as he was sort of on what our was left he hand side. Well, just sort of, you know, just shouting, I guess, at ex-players. Yeah. I mean, I, didn't, I don't think he was discussing his sort of plans for the evening or Robert Peston's tweets. I think he was just no. generally talking no. about sort of the game no. okay um i didn't notice anything particularly unusual and uh yeah you saw um you know you go right next to the gantry it's all just incredibly enclosed yeah. i dare say you've been down there john yeah quite a few times yeah. i quite it's quite a nice trip i find yeah and you are i, I remember sitting being sat next to jürgen klopp pretty much and he was pretty it was the game they lost five four Oh, wow that was a special game he was angry all the way through <laughs> and he was three one up and i thought why is he angry and then, and then he, that he, sh- he shows that he knew what he was looking right. at because yeah. they suddenly collapsed. Yeah. Well, it was interesting that after this is a little preliminary to, to actually talking about Arsenal again. But after the yeah. Liverpool game this weekend, which they won three 0 Klopp said, "Like, do you see him? He was like, I'm so relaxed now about my defence. I literally like I'm chilling out about because they've sorted that issue out so brilliantly. Whereas Arsenal, I felt uh, every time Bournemouth attacked, I was like, well, they, they could well, they could probably score. So I still feel, even though, so the whole thing was like a. Our whole season writ large, wasn't it? It was yet again, like, first half performance. At least the first 25, 30 minutes, I thought was pretty shit. They, they were kind of 
I don't know. They definitely had all the best chances. Then we got that unbelievably lucky own goal out of nowhere, <laughs> which was extraordinary. And then we kind of started playing really well, particularly in the second half and stitching stuff together. And I thought we looked pretty good for the win in the end. John, is that... I, I, I agree with that, but they're sort of clinging on at the end, though. Remember oh, this God, yeah, clinging on, of the, course. Uh, uh, yeah. Free kick in the last minute. Right. Was it? From a classic Mustafi. Mustafi. Yes. Oh, classic. Yeah. Textbook. But it, it, it was one where he... I think he felt he had to make the foul. Did he, though? I'm not sure. There was someone behind him. I'm not saying that him thinking he had to make the foul is the the right. No. Uh, I'm sure you're right that he thought. Yeah. yeah, But he didn't look... If he'd looked for one second or half a second... And then they had that free kick, which I thought they'd do rather better with than they actually did. It took forever, it seemed, to actually take that free kick. Um, And then it was the last kick of the game. Yeah. Um, And it did feel like, you know, relief more than anything. I mean, it was amazing. Given we haven't won a first half all... Mm. All season. season, which I think only Cardiff are, are the other team in the Premier League that haven't done it. And ironically, I think Wolves have won one, and that was was that against us the other week, were they? Yeah, about the time. So to to be with ten seconds of the half to go, and the ball being in the area we were attacking, I mean, how on yeah. earth do you still not just see that into half time? And yeah. it, I don't know. There were so people many having faults go, with that goal. People having to go Iwobi. Did you for that goal? Because Iwobi's lost... dad was right in front of us oh, yesterday. Oh, really? Seemed like oh. a very nice man. Okay. Yeah, it was strange. I, was, I didn't, wouldn't have known who he is. Brian Iwobi? Person... No, well, no. <laughs> um, I don't know what his first name is, but uh, people around us seem to know who he was. And it was great, lovely that he's just mixed in with all, with all the fans. Well, people the game. having a go at Iwobi, Alex Iwobi, for giving no, that ball away. No, I don't think away. it oh, was good. sort of overly public knowledge. He didn't have, he didn't have a badge on him, like a name badge. <laughs> Iwobi's there. Iwobi's seen Did, did you sat- have a restricted view ticket on the back of that? Um, because I'm sure he's a big man. Well, I was oh. sort of two rows behind just to the right of him, so he wasn't affecting my view. Um, he was very near Kelechi. Do you know Kelechi who goes on Arsenal Fan TV? Yes. Um, he always brings various things with him. He had some sort things. of... Well, I don't. I presume they're sort of... Re, I don't know if they're re, religious or, or relevant to oh, his, okay. his culture. Oh, right. Uh, but he had a big sort of... what You looked like a, a yellow feathery item with a him yesterday. A yellow feathery item? Yes. Um, I'll try and Google okay. it in a moment. Um, so he so was... Not a flare. Like, Do you see sort of, the... What, sort of no. Ken Dodd? <laughs> oh, yeah, tickling stick. Tickling stick. <laughs> That'd be great. Brilliant. I mean, I'd love him more than I already do if he brought a tickling stick to the game. Anyway, anyway, Iwobi. Yeah, was, people. I was I was nervous not to be, you know, any yeah. uh, Iwobi abuse. But it's hard to blame. It, it, it's unfair to blame Iwobi. I mean, I he, blame Mustafi. Right, I blame Mustafi more, oh, and also uh, Bellerin a little bit because he didn't. Um, he didn't get back to it. He kind of like let the whole thing happen. Yeah. What, what's it's, your feeling about that? I, <laughs> Such a, a terrible time to concede. And as you said, from an attacking position, I was actually watching the game. Uh, I was in Oslo for the weekend. Uh, oh, a-, a mate of mine organised uh, uh, 12 pubs of Christmas in Oslo, which was the most organised pub crawl I've ever been on. I was wearing an Arsenal Christmas jumper and there was 60 Incredible. people on this. 60? 60 people. And the next day I was watching the game in, in, in Norwegian, so, so that was interesting. But, was that the most expensive pub crawl you've been on? Uh, yeah. It certainly was, but I, I actually had some money on Mick McCarthy to get the Ireland job, so that paid for my weekend. So uh, Impressive, blimey. <laughs> impressive. Uh, wow. Yeah, weekend, that <laughs> was he Was he big odds, or he must have been fairly No, he expected. was short odds, but yeah, it, it was... Good information. Still. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, did the Norwegian commentator blame Iwobi for that goal? It sounded like he he was Hector Bellerin's name was mentioned yeah, a couple Bellerin, of times, Bellerin. so maybe it was it was going with Josh's view on on this and and your view. But yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not fully blaming Hector because I love Hector now, and I think he's turned everything around. Like same with Iwobi, they've both been two of our most improved players. So I feel it's harsh. To blame, there's definitely like, but the funny thing was in the pre-match interview. You know, they do the silly pre-match interview on Sky. Um, Emery made a point of saying how I've been going on at them about stopping quick counter-attack goals, yeah. and it's like <laughs> literally a glitching example. Because <laughs> Rob Holding in the post-match, he was interviewed yes. on the Five Live Football Daily. He must have spoken to Five Live after the game. I was listening this morning. He also made a point. He was asked that question that every Arsenal player has been asked since. Arson has left the club, which is what is the biggest change yeah. in the club. And he mentioned about you know the the focus and not getting done on on counter attacks. Mm. And he, the question didn't come back going, oh, that's interesting, given that's exactly what went wrong <laughs> yeah. yesterday. But uh, yeah, that's exactly what you know he said before the game. Generally, and um, I spoke to uh, I, we organised um, Jeremy Aliadier, your oh, our yeah. mate who we mentioned. Yeah. He was obviously working for Malaysian TV yesterday, and, and Unai obviously. went out and uh, spoke to them <laughs> okay. after the game. Okay. And I, you know, so I watched back, which people here wouldn't have seen. He, he did the interview with um, with them yesterday. No, nobody says less. In their interviews, oh, then it's unbelievable. I've said this it's like deliberate. If he had to speak it's in Spanish, incredible. he'd be expected to it's, actually say something no, 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 interesting. He just flat backs everything. Yeah, it's amazing. I've, I've heard him translated from Spanish when he was Sevilla manager. Yeah, and he went on and on and on. It wasn't very interesting, right? But, he, but but I think he talks a lot because he talks a lot, but says nothing. It's absolutely nothing. It's incredible. Yeah. It just kind of like witters, doesn't it? And I think it's a brilliant skill. It's hard yeah. to write up what he's saying. It's hard to write. It's, but it's also transcribing. Yeah. is like there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. But he did say something about Özil though. He, in the, unbelievably, didn't he? Apparent, apparently. Now I've been trying to triple check, but apparently he did say something like, um, I, when he was asked why Özil didn't play the game and didn't come on or anything, he said something like, "I, didn't, I was worried Özil wasn't strong enough yes. for Bournemouth away." And that, this has been this is going round. So I think the papers, the Sun had the, him saying, "Not cow, what word did they use? Coward or something like that about Özil." <laughs> I mean, going a bit, obviously going going too far. But there's definitely this. He definitely alluded in the midst of the not saying anything nonsense <laughs> that yeah. Emery says. The fact that he didn't feel confident in playing Özil away at Bournemouth. Bournemouth are not like Stoke. It's not like they're Bournemouth play. You know, there was like two fouls in the whole game. <laughs> But that was weird, wasn't it? What's your feeling about that, John? I, I, well, I think Bournemouth probably are a bit tougher than you might. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, we do know that Emery's videoing, you know, yeah. DVD collection of Bournemouth is probably quite extensive. But I mean, they've got uh, the guy. Actually, the guy that scored the own goal. Uh, yeah. Loma. Yeah. Loma. Oh, yeah. He had a bit of foul. Yeah. yeah. Well, he. Yeah. They they put it about a bit when Bournemouth first came up. They were quite soft. Right. But Eddie Howe's injected a bit of steel into okay. them. Right. But. Um, I mean, if you're going to discuss the Ozil thing... Oh, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I think my reading of this is... Remember, Emery was manager of PSG, where he pretty much had to pick oh, yeah. like these players. An array of dilettante... Yeah, and this... But doofuses. being a manager of Arsenal, where he has much more free reign, he's able to take decisions. Mm. And uh, I think if you probably look at his Sevilla team, he did that as well. It would be certain players wouldn't play in big games that you thought would start and it's very much his own man yeah, so yeah. that um, Ozil well I mean you can tell me more about this about how well he's been playing but well he played had one great game didn't he who yeah. was that game Leicester. Leicester. Leicester and he was pretty good against Liverpool I think was he um, then but is this new territory where, where he's fit there's no sense of unwell or illness which has always been slightly yeah. uncertainty that for away yeah. games he can the illnesses he's yeah. fit 
he's there, could have played and was not selected. It's slightly new territory. It's fascinating. But, Tom, I guess he, he, the other thing about it was, I mean, apart from him saying he didn't feel he was strong enough to face Bournemouth away, which is fascinating, the, um, you're doubting that quote, aren't you? I can, I can say well, it, I, I, I didn't no, see that, it because I saw him yeah, ask yeah. that question. I saw him ask that question <laughs> right. also on the Malaysian TV, which yeah. stuff I watched back. Oh, okay. And he, and you he, want to watch British TV instead of Malaysian TV? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Guardian, it's in all the papers. Anyway. And, and he, yeah. he, he, to them, just sort of flowed out. You know, he went, yeah. I've got lots of options yeah. available to me and different players are needed for different games and everyone will get an opportunity. That's truthful though, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, but the formation was not, it did not include any position of him to play. No. Uh, although, what I would say is, so there's no number 10 in that formation, yeah. but he did have Mkhitaryan, who was effing useless, yeah. and I feel it has been completely useless for most of the season. He could have played in that position, couldn't he? He's, been, he's played out wide, wide-ish in attack, hasn't he? What's your feeling about the whole thing? Oh, 100%. Result? But going back to your point, I actually really like the way Emre you know, is able to to mix it up. He he's actually keeping the players on his toes, on their yeah. toes, because a lot of players aren't starting games like you know, Aubameyang came to the club with this problematic reputation and then with him sitting on the bench in, in big enough games mm. and obviously coming in and making an impact, yeah. he really is keeping them on their toes. And ultimately that's such a difficult game by Arsenal standards, it has been a bit of a bogey ground. So he's got the results. So yeah. no, no one can really argue with the with the team yeah. selection. What do you think about the, the, the three at the back issue? Because it start, I felt it start, we started, I, didn't, I thought it was a complete disaster to start with. But then it kind of, in the end, it worked. And on match today, two, um, who was on? X Paulins. And Ups, Matt Upson yes. said it worked really well, attacking-wise. I mean, I'm not, sure, I'm not entirely convinced it was that great. But what, what did you think of it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's the first time he's played it this season, is that yeah. right? In the um, league. He played it away in Europa, I think, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. holding in one of the post-match things I seem seemed a little bit, you yeah. know, oh, it's a new system yeah. and oh, we, to we're going to have to get used to <laughs> yeah, it. To and that, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure about that. But I just think Emery is a manager who likes to shuffle things around. And also... Oh, he's you know, definitely a shuffler, oh, yeah. yeah. Certain managers, um, if a manager's in trouble, like, let's say, that Arsene Wenger was for... a a while players don't Five like years. being left out yes yes <laughs> left out of the team yeah but Emery at this point is in a position where players don't like being don't mind being left out of the team and are willing to prove themselves to him yeah I think so you know do you think that's has, true of Ozil though well that's the big question isn't it mm. and I think maybe there's a test gone in there yeah you know he, he perhaps thought I can drop Ozil for for Bournemouth and see what how, how he reacts to it yeah because he would be the one player at Arsenal Maybe these days that you would question whether his response to that would be positive. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he didn't warm up at all, which was weird. Yes, well, that even... doesn't suggest a positive response. <laughs> no, it does doesn't, it? does it? Hasselbank was on the, I think, the the international feet, uh, just to continue this theme of, of content that wasn't seen. <laughs> Where are you watching? This is Turkish television you're watching? or And uh, his theory on it was that it's it, it absolutely Emery wanting to keep Ozil on his toes and, and make it feel that there's, there's no one player that is, you know, undroppable and he was, you know, liable to sort of, make sure he had a break at some point to make him feel yeah. and that this is what Hasselbank was arguing will get the best out of Ozil by sort of not making him feel that he, you know, he is undroppable or he has to prove his place in the team but, but, yeah and the thing is actually if you if you hear Ozil I mean he's, he wrote about this in his book didn't he that the the manager oddly that he liked playing for the most was Jose Mourinho who is the yeah. ultimate tough love manager mm. so maybe that's yeah, the way that's forward yeah, I who do did, feel... Who did call him a coward in his book, I recall. Yes, and several names which are not politi- uh, politically correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in two minds about Ozil myself. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I love him and everything. I, I mean, I always say this, so it's not nothing new. But I equally, I do feel it, he, he notably does not produce a great performance often enough. He's and a I keep, I've been comparing. Player. He's a lu- luxury. He is a luxury player in that sense, but I feel like when he's on song, you, you don't want to. Then you, you know, he plays one of the games like he did play a few weeks ago, and then you, you kind of want to keep him just for, in the hope that he does one of those things. And then I kept I'm comparing to Eden Hazard. He's been brilliant all season, but then Eden Hazard was pretty crap against Spurs. So yeah. even the best World Cup players can have an off day. It's just I feel those has too many off days, and so that. If, but I'm totally. Bottom line is I'm totally behind Emery dropping him for this. I think we all are. Does anyone feel it was unfair? Well, it feels well, fair, doesn't it? I'm interested. Now it's what happens. Does he play against Spurs? Yeah. Well, forget Spurs. I mean, does he, oh, does he play on Thursday? That would be amazing. Is he taking all the way to Vaux or does he sit on the bench <laughs> yeah. again? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. If he forces him to play in the minus 14 degree conditions. Minus 12, you're exaggerating. Always well, exaggerating. Minus 12 to 14 um, conditions in, in uh, where is it? Vaux or Ukraine. Thank you. Then he's going to be trip. I don't feel I'm just to see potential I'm, war zone at yeah, the moment. Yeah, potential war zone. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. I fancy the idea of seeing Özil like reaction if he's picked for that game. He must be furious. I feel like his ego is very, you know, raw, and it's not. He's not kind of guy. I think he'd rather to be, be left at home. For I think he'd rather definitely be rather be told. Oh yeah, you're definitely playing against Spurs. Don't worry, put your yeah. feet up. I think he'll play against Spurs. I mean, I don't know about Thursday. I can't see a scenario yeah, where Mezzos does not start against, against Spurs at home. My big question about Emery, with, with the tinkering thing you're talking about, with changing things around so much, is, on the one hand, it feels like good squad management and, keep, and, keeping, and keeping people on their toes, like we're saying, and all that. But equally, on the other hand, and I think the fact that every single first half this season has been, take, we've taken so long to get into it, you feel it just must confuse the players. And I feel like... I'm not sure. Like when when Feng was manager, we did used to slag him off a bit. Well, I did for constantly messing it about and not knowing his best team. And now, kind of Emery, I feel doesn't necessarily know his best team either, and, and clearly loves changing things and formations and that team selection but, on on Saturday. No one in in the world would they have guessed that lineup. I don't think any Arsenal fan could have guessed that lineup in the entire universe, and yet he, that's what he picked. But I suppose it's how clear the message is to the players. You know that they trust the manager. Okay, we're playing this position. We're playing this this time. I mean, the I suppose rotation in teams was introduced maybe fifteen years ago by Rafa Benitez, Alex Ferguson, yeah. and both of those have this. You know, there's many stories of you're going to be great in this game, and the player would think great, and then would think, hang on, I'm, that means I'm not playing for two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, Emery's communication in English, and it doesn't have to be in English, of course. We do wonder how clear that is at the point at this point. But, you know, he is the micromanaging manager yeah. and there's a lot of information is fed to them. So the way things are going, it looks like the players do trust him. But, you know, mm. we'll find out yeah. in the fullness of time about that. Does it matter, Tom, that we've got like, you know, 350 grand a week or whatever he's on Ozil on the bench and Mkhitaryan 250,000, wherever he gets, I mean, God knows. And he's like not doing doing anything. Picked every, does the things matter or is the bigger picture, does it not matter? And we we're playing those wages, and so what? As long as we get these victories, the, the run is incredible, isn't it? The, you know, yeah. Well, is... you can't argue with the run, but mm. I, I think economically, you've got to you've got to manage your resources as best you can. But you know, on the same way that you've just argued that, no other football club in the Premier League would be getting rid of uh, Wilshire, Walcott, and potentially mm. Ramsey for a combined fee of twenty million. You yeah. could probably put a one in front of that with anyone else. So I, I'd argue that that's more of a cardinal sin from an economic perspective, football-wise, yeah. than yeah. the, the wages, because 
let's say I, I, I'm perf- I'm of the view that if Ozil was at Man City in the current form, everyone would say he's the best player in the world or the best player in the Premier League at, at, at that point. Because- Do you mean Pep could get better out of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. I, th- I sorry, I think that um, yeah, that that given the resources and everyone that's around him, that he could build a ridiculous team around yeah. around Mesut. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Probably, I, I'm not sure I place. Ozil in the same class. In pre- the Premier League is David Silva or... I'd have Ozil every day of the week over David Silva. I think Santi Cazola was better than, than uh, David Silva, personally. Very, okay. very one-sided. Oh, I think very, what, He's one-sided. It's quite a decent side, though, isn't it? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, I think David, I'd rather have David Silva, I have to say. I think he's incredible. Absolutely brilliant player. Yeah. But, you know, that's no, fair enough. We'll talk more about this controversial issue, not particularly about David Silva. It's not a Man City podcast. <laughs> we'll talk more about um, Arsenal after this break. Footballistically, Arsenal is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Footballistically Arsenal Beer of the Month. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the grape. The grape? We're back from the break. Um, uh, we should talk about the, this, the run. As I alluded to the run, is Emery the luckiest manager on earth, certainly in the Premier League? We're on this incredible run, unbeaten run. We didn't play very well. We had the most spectacular own goal. That we, that we took advantage of. Not they had a perfectly good goal ruled offside. Okay. This has been happening a lot. I have to say, now I'm loving the luck and everything, but yeah. we have to acknowledge it. It's, it's pretty incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there was a West Ham game as well. There was an own goal that completely yeah. changed the game. So to have two of those in the first 13 games, it's made a massive impact. Um, and the offside decision that you know went with us. Uh, look, we've been saying it, haven't we? I mean, it, it's, if you had sort of just seen highlights of all 17 games and sort of had to earlier, or did Arsenal sort of, you know, end up winning all these games, all these chances we've conceded. You're saying there's never a chance. There's never a chance you've escaped without a single defeat in 17 games. But the biggest thing is, and I'm starting to, to see, and, I, and this isn't, you know, this has always been like the people that loved Arsenal, are they going to be a bit more negative about the new regime or, or vice versa? Yes. I think we're starting to get better. I think there are, the, the, you, oh. I'm starting to get more confident yeah. in what we've seen. And, and I know you mentioned you didn't think that the three at the back there looked particularly, but it, it looked more stable. And as the game went on, particularly second half, more stable than so many moments of the oh, last campaign. Oh, certainly. Sure, yeah. So I think, yes, we've been lucky, but I just genuinely believe that we will get better as the season goes on. I still don't necessarily think that will be enough to get us back in the top four, but we, I think we'll likely, if we're talking about we've been better in the second half of games than the first half, I think so too mm. the second half of the season will be better than the first half. And well, the first half's been pretty good. The, 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 results um, Look, yeah. I want to come on to you know talking about Arsenal's budget with, because I know it's an mm. area Tom knows about and it, there was a report today saying we're you know we're fifth in the um, wages and we're fifth in the league. I think we're on par at the moment. I think I think that's kind of where we are. I think we have the potential if we come fourth. That's you know a really successful season mm. and above par. What happens in the next ten days as we play Tottenham and United will probably dictate quite arguably where we feel because they're the two you know two of the teams yeah. that are going to be fighting us for the top four although possibly not United which John will come on to no doubt in a second I do feel that I do feel that um, generally like I feel like he's established a style of play 
which we've got. I feel we've got on, we've got a personality. You know, there's a personality to our style of play. There's an identity. That's the word that you know people use about, isn't there? And it's like almost like a technical. You know, that passing it around, keeping the ball as much as possible. That's why it was weird in the first half because because they had they 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 um, had more of the play. But then overall, we did quite easily. I think we had more possession than them. It seems a possession game and like and. Qu- Quite quick press, you know, to use that horrible, that horrible phrase, you know, when they get the ball. I hate all these cliches, but I, I just have a. Whereas I think for years we've been floundering without much of the, an identity. Well, well, yeah. So that's something I feel, and I feel, and I feel what that means is probably not going to collapse, even against Spurs, even again, you know. Is I it feel also, like we're pretty solid? Just well, before John, uh, John answer, is it just because also identity? But the biggest problem that we've spoken about for years has been that you know ball winner in midfield. And we yeah. have a player oh, yeah. that's basically right. our man of the match every yeah, single game. Terraria. Yesterday was outstanding. Huge in terms of ball yeah. Why did he substitute him? I mean, that was mystifying. Maybe right? fatigue. Maybe. Yeah. John, what's your feeling about how... Do you feel that we've got an identity now? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there was always this thing about um, Arsene Wenger, which was like, well, at least they played nice football. Well, I, I didn't really agree. No, we didn't. Certainly in the last few years. No, no, it was quite, Arsene was quite, quite boring. boring. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, Emery, um, when he was at PSG... Wanted to play the, the type of game that um, Arsenal play now. He wasn't allowed to. The players rebelled against him and said, we want to play this slow passing game that we played under Laurent Blanc. And I think he's enjoying having yeah. control. And they reflect him as a manager and play very similar to Sevilla. So, you know, who are great teams to watch? You know, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be enjoying it a yeah, great it deal is. compared to what you're watching. Enjoyable is the word. I mean, yeah. I know it feels like a kind of slightly banal thing to say, but it's really it's like. But every... that's what that's what you go for. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and that's what you weren't doing yeah. for so long. And the myth, and, it's, and it was always annoying me. You're right, I'm so right about the boring football thing because there was always this myth right up to the end about Arsenal. And this is not to have a go at Wenger. It was just not true that we played good football, no. and it, it became. We, we didn't, Josh. I mean, I've been saying it week in, week out for the last three years. Like, every now and then we had a really good game. But most weeks it was unbelievably predictable the way we, the way we approached each game. And it never varied. Whereas now there's a lot of variation in the play, in the pace, in the, in the yeah. attack. They're looking for lovely little, you know, mo- they're just, there seems to be just a, a general technical awareness. And you have new heroes. I mean, Torreira, obviously. But, I mean, I think, you know, personally, Lacazette is a player I absolutely love watching. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there last season. Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I thought so we really hard. missed him. Yeah. Go on. He, he works so hard off the ball. And this is, again, what you, your point about watching highlights. When you see him live, yeah. the amount of harrying he does and harassing of people at the back who have the ball and the amount of balls that he wins between the halfway line and, and the box back for the team is, is phenomenal. And, and he's also a scorer of very good goals. Yeah. And, and that... And I thought Aubameyang wasn't didn't have that. I mean, you know, love him. Great classic poachers yeah. goal that he scored. Which is great, great to have that. Yesterday. But he didn't have a great game. Yeah. And 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 in that role up front, you know, Lacazette is just way better. I feel, isn't he? I so, didn't. Any of our front three were particularly special yesterday. No, I thought I mean, Mkhitaryan was a, was came third out of three. How did he race? remain on the pitch? It was it was it was extraordinary. I don't know. Um, I guess. I don't know, was it Wobi, you know, getting tired towards the end? I think Wobi did look tired, actually. He was sort of playing yeah. on that side, just yeah. in front of the away fans, did start to look tired. McTerrin, I guess the, the positive I would say towards McTerrin was he, he kept showing, he kept wanting the ball. Oh, yeah, he had about five shots but way, like 5,000 metres kind of the felt bar. like he didn't want him to have the ball at every no. opportunity as much as he was getting it. So, yeah, uh, not, his, not his best night. Um, and look, um, the, the encouraging thing I know we've sort of talked about the team and I, I just mentioned there about getting better in the second half of the season yesterday no Lacazette and look 
I don't think we usually will play a back five this year or three and then the two fullbacks. We'll play a back four. Koscielny is actually breaking news playing for the under-23s tonight. So yeah, there's a return. Monreal has been put back two weeks, but he should be back in, mm. you know, for mid-December. Two, you know, two very important players to come back, like a Z to play. There's reasons to be encouraged, but so much is going to depend, as I just said, Tottenham, which is exciting, just to have a you know North London double will go above them, so that maybe does that add an extra spice to it. And then I'm going up as well, having I've done my first away domestic trip of the season to Bournemouth, I'll be doubling the tally with a trip to Old Trafford. And what John mentioned there about you go for fun, I obviously I loved Arsenal Wenger, but there's no question of just being at an Arsenal away game now. There isn't that horrible toxicness of mm. like fearing. And I remember the the last game I'd been to away last season was Brighton. Uh, which was one of the many defeats we had on the road last year where we where we lost. And I remember it was genuinely fighting between Arsenal fans, physical fighting between fans. And at least it felt like, OK, there's, there's none of that today. There's, there's unity. There was, you know, um, a real sort of gathering behind the, behind the team. And that is what you go for. Absolutely. Before I forget, you, you're talking about fighting in the stands. Remind, reminded me, there's a brilliant Ian Wright documentary, which is on um, Tuesday and Wednesday night this week on ITV4, it should be on ITV, but it's, they've stuck it on bloody ITV4, which is obviously an incredibly obscure channel, but I think most people do have access to ITV4. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about racism and the history of black players in British football. And it is, honestly, and I'm just saying, obviously I love Ian Wright. Oh, I you've love, seen a preview of I've course. seen it, so yeah, I've seen it. And um, it's brilliant because it's really, um, it's, it's about society as a whole. Like, it puts in the context of British society in the 70s and 80s particularly, when black players started getting into into teams and then the national team how racist britain was and it shows so it shows clips from just regular television you know like entertainment clips of eric morcombe and um i mean ron atkinson people just saying unbelievably casually racist stuff so it puts it in the context of what would it must have been like for a young black guy growing up watching this unbelievably racist environment in britain british culture and then trying to make it in their football team <clears throat> and incredible stories like the chelsea player who was booed by his own fans Paul Canaville, Paul yeah. Canaville, exactly. Yeah. Who I didn't know about. I didn't really, I didn't, I'd heard of him, but I didn't really know the story in I've, detail. I've read his book. Oh, it's, right. it's well, unbelievable. Right. Yeah. So that's, he's in, yeah. the, he's in the document. Anyway, just to remind, it's, it's, it's really called, good. It's called Out of Their Skins. Out of Their Skins. It's on ITV4. I think it's about 10 o'clock Tuesday and Wednesday, and it'll be on the ITV hub. Yeah. But, and there's lots of really interesting, obviously, Arsenal related things in there. And Ian Wright does a brilliant job, kind of help, kind of, not, he doesn't present it, he kind of, What's the word? He's kind of in charge of the whole programme. Guides you through it, yeah. Yeah, holding forth. Anyway, um, we should mention this global sports salary survey. Yeah, well, Tom, Tom's sort of area knows a lot about football finance, so I thought it was worth mentioning. Here's my question. So, data revealed today showing Arsenal are the fifth, have the fifth high, highest wage bill. And there was other news saying that um, apparently Man United players get paid more than City players. Yeah. Is that right? Is there, but is there, a, is there like a kind of underhand? Is there like a, like for example, at City, is there like a bonus system where they get or some kind of they get given money somehow more than you would think on the strict wage bill that they have to? Or, or am I? Or, is that not true? Because it seems incredible that City don't pay the highest wages. In You're asking a sensitive question there. Oh, okay. I, I, I probably can't. I'm not the best <laughs> person to comment on okay. that. Uh, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. If, you, if you've got a view on it. Um, well, let's say there is speculation, uh, but Manchester United pay very well, yeah. uh, and some might say, well, many would say, to well. overpay, right? Uh, including your old friend Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. So what's he on now? Five hundred a week. Oh they my say, God. 
But what actually happened with United, it was very interesting because you had a situation Not where... £500, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. You had a situation... £500,000. sorry. Where uh, you, the same thing happened with United and Liverpool. When they slipped out of the Champions League spots... All of a sudden, not that many players were interested in going there. Right. So they went down the route of both of them went and pillaged the next best team down in the Premier League, which was Southampton. Yes. So they both went yeah. in and took everything. But then United actually had a change of tack where they said, we're going to get into beds with the agents that have all the, mm. all the players and all the influence. So that it was no coincidence that pretty much all of Mino Raiola's stable ended up at Man United right. at the same yeah. time. And that was because Mino was getting paid so much to get those deals over the line. So that would be the rationale why the United players are still edging out yeah. City. So Pogba's one of his, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And Ibrahimovic was, Mkhitaryan yeah. was, you know. So there was a lot of lot of players that, that went there. Obviously, the, the missing one in the set is Mario Balotelli. <laughs> so he was on the other side. But yeah, probably... Romelu Lukaku is one as well. Exactly, oh, Lukaku. Yeah. yeah. So, so that that was so they they did overpay for, mm. for players. I don't know if out, they still yeah, are. out of desperation to try and bridge back over. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, with Arsenal, and we're we're fifth, right? And that's sort of we're we're at performing at the level mm. you would therefore expect. Mm. Is that fair? And a hundred percent. If you if you actually put this on a graph, there is a direct correlation with some. Big outliers, but pretty much what you pay is where you finish. Burnley are the ones that a few times have just gone massively outside of the range, but across the board, it does tend to be. But Spurs are. are yeah, Spurs would be third would in be the league and sixth in the yeah. in the wage bill, so that is a, yeah. an outlier. Yeah. yeah, that's a slight. That's an outlier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's talk about that. Let's brush that under the carpet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of feel. That the whole United situation makes me feel better, even better, even better than I do about Arsenal. Like you know, you just see what a mess that is. Yes, and how it's just a mess, John. Is that fair? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and one that is not going to be sorted out until well, a they sack their manager, uh, b overhaul the structure of the club, um, which is something that if we refer it back to Arsenal, Arsenal actually did. Yeah. and seems to have done quite successfully. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's succession planning, that type of thing, which is something that Manchester United haven't done. Essentially repeating the problems they had, replacing Matt Busby, you know, 45 years ago. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's a weird thing, isn't it? About like a year ago, we were all saying how the, the whole club was like, you know, in, in, a, in a terrible state and, you know, from top to bottom. And it was all, well, now it kind of feels like... Well, at the it's been a huge amount of change at Arsenal. Yeah. If, you, if you look at how much change there had been in the previous yeah. generation almost. So, oh, uh, yeah. And look, yeah, from Wenger and Gazidis, both, you know, departing the club. Uh, and even just changing personnel. It's obviously going to take time for Emery to get new players, but to have five new players who have all played their part this, this year... Um, one of them was mentioned Torreira being you know man of the match it seems every other week uh, a goalkeeper which I think who I think is is yeah, he against really my expectations mm. securing a number one spot that seems yeah you wanted Czech to come back I don't know if I didn't want I said I expected because I thought if he's gone with Czech to start the season mm. um, to then he had you know and didn't get rid of him after the first game or two where there was an error where you give an opportunity to take him out of the team so to wait until there was an injury I thought that was a you know a bit of an interesting decision but one that has been vindicated, totally, you'd have to say. Totally vindicated. It's on your menu this week, Josh. The, the most extraordinary item is battery power. 
Yeah, um, I, I saw this Arsenal's story. I thought become... you'd pick it up because you love, like, you know, the the idea that we're a, a club. Are you, you speak about? I like the idea you know, that we're a club. Well, you're a club that have good values as oh, we all values. do. Oh, right. So I think we're, I think we're doing this from a good values point of view, like uh, oh, I see. Uh, efficient energy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arsenal's become the UK's first football club to install large-scale battery energy storage. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's not the most exciting of topics, but you know, I'm I'm fully in favour of it. Well, the Guardian it, oh, decided to oh, go okay. quite big on it. Uh, for those that want to read further, they I'm can. Sure. Adam Vaughan uh, wrote an article. Cool, yeah, saying Arsenal have become the UK's first football club to install large-scale battery energy energy storage in a bid to cut electricity costs and support green energy. So hopefully we'll be able to pay more on wages because of our saved <laughs> money on electricity costs and we're supporting green energy. It sounds like a win-win to me. Do you think that means we get Ramsey a new contract? Here we go. T- <laughs> tucked into the basement of the Emirates, the system is capable of powering the 60,000-seat stadium oh. for an entire match or the equivalent of 2,700 homes for two hours. So, um, yeah, there's loads more information on Very this, but um, I'm, I'm delighted with it personally. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. I think Freiburg is the, the greenest oh, right, club yeah. in Europe. Right. Their whole stadium. I think they've Greener got than Forest Green Rovers. Forest Green Rovers were the first club like to become vegan. vegan. That was a question in the sports quiz <laughs> yeah. I attended last night. <laughs> Can I just say, I knew that, I knew that. Can I just say now, I wish they should have some more vegan things at Arsenal, I think, especially on a club level, which must be just be full of vegans. It's about time we just yeah. had a rep yeah. from Delaware North. We, we referenced we them really and should. there's... A, who, Poor Delaware North. Who, yeah. Do you think there's someone from Delaware North who's sort of head of menu at Arsenal? It's got to be someone. Is that their title, head of yeah. menu? Yeah. Dear sir, I'm looking for your and head they, of menu. And let me just say they have a very easy life because they never change the radio menu. That's, that's, um, that's for sure. Is there maybe a, maybe might be some Christmas specials coming up in December? You'd hope that there'll be some vague Christmas. Well, you'll be there Sunday. It'll be December, so we can uh, yeah. can let us know. Yeah. What was interesting? I actually messaged this to you, didn't I? I now have a small screen right above where I sit in the back row of a lower tier because I can no longer see the big screen because they put an extra row in club level so you yes. would be even more comfortable. <laughs> yes. So I now get a little screen above me if I want to watch replays. Oh, really? And they showed the menu from club level. I think it was clearly an error. <laughs> but it was almost like to try and entice us to go and God. spend some money. But it was Jesus. showing us what you could get. Um, it's like, here's what you could have won. Right, so the so the crumb-covered veggie burger. Yes, it was is, showing is the menu the, oh. of club level. Is that what uh, you have? That's what, yeah. yeah, yeah, good. It's too thick. It's too. It's like a wedge <laughs> of crushed... I've mentioned this before, of crushed vegetables. They're a very thick crust. Yeah. It's too much. It, it needs yeah. to ease off. What would that. you request if we had someone from Delaware yeah. North? What would you ask for? Because you want vegan options, don't you? Yeah, I could have a vegan mac, mac and cheese, maybe. They could call it the, the Bellerin Bowl of, of yeah, macaroni. Good. Yeah, ba- yeah, yeah. That would be good, yeah. I mean, But you've got to just, think about this. If we're going to ask them to come on, we can't just... We've got to have questions. I just need, want them to rethink the veggie burger recipe. That's that's the main thing. Okay. I think you you could get some sway on this. I think you'd be surprised at that your influence. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> we are run, more importantly, we are travelling to Vauxhall on Thursday night, as previously mentioned. We've sold out our allocation. 850 fans going out. I think a lot of them be European Heroes, all fans, of them. but fair play. Yeah. Are, are those fans that uh, want to get a ticket for the final thinking they've got an eye on it? Oh, maybe. Um, I... Well, thinking, if, if true, yeah. Possibly. I mean, I mean our, and, our and system, do you have to show up for it? If you um, it. So they do <laughs> this you know thing, the John. It's a, very, it's a very fair question. The final, yeah, of course, Baku. in Baku. Baku, yes. The, what they do is you do get a voucher when you actually attend so that if you want to receive the credit, yeah, you, you, you have to collect You have the to prove there, that though. you were... No, no, you don't collect the ticket there. It's not as bad as it's been for Man United fans. Yes. So you get your ticket and they also do give you the ability to write someone else's name should another person be attending on right, your ticket. Okay. Because did you hear what happened to Spurs fans? A whole load of them went out to Eindhoven 
yeah. for their game in the Champions League and were turned away. There were hundreds of empty seats wow. in the away end because they were, they were being forceful. On the, If it wasn't your name on that ticket, you were not going into the stadium and Spurs hadn't given their fans an opportunity to right. change the name. So that was a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fair play to all these fans going out to Vauxhall. But I think the system won't be that if you've gone to some of those games that you get a ticket. It's more like season ticket holders get and then yeah. there's been a ballot in previous years. People in the... In the prawn sandwich, get a, club level. Yeah, 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 yeah. the veggie burger. Sorry, yeah. prom, yeah, yeah, prom yeah, veggie yeah. burger. Yeah. Um, but you, so uh, you're going vegan to prawns. <laughs> You'll be there for the the big one. Uh, I'll be there in front of my TV watching this one. Oh, and I will be, of course, at the at the Emirates on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, Derby Day, isn't it? That is good planning. By people want to know what like you... these things have <laughs> sorted out behind that, the that, scenes. That fixture computer. Yeah. It's How amazing. Did the isn't three Derby's having in the same day and one day on Sky. It's extraordinary. <coughs> it's great. Eleven thirty brunch, is it for you or something like that? Um, nice, nice you know, I don't think. Well, Dermot usually organises these things. TV's Dermot earlier, and I think because it's the X Factor final that day, oh. so I think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be able to come. Yeah, Gosh. just saying. Yeah, so um, I think we're all floundering on it. But probably be a veggie burger for me. Pre, more importantly, it's quite. I mean, it's it's exciting slash worrying, isn't it? Because I feel Spurs were so good. I mean, I hate to say it, they were unbelievably good against Chelsea. And although the, I mean, there was a certain. I mean, um, what's his name? You know, the terrible defender um, had a terrible David Louise. David Louise. Oh, like, oh, sorry, sorry. I went, reverted. What did you call him? Oh no, I was talking about. Oh. I thought you were talking about the Spurs. Defender. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Louise had an unbelievably like old school David yes. Louise when he was terrible. Shocker of a game. But that whole Son, Ericsson, Ali, Kane thing, I'm worried about this whole thing. For What's your what, feeling? I, and I'm edging towards prediction time, is what I'm saying. Um, I think, I mean, one of the things that Spurs have done in the last three or four years under Pochettino is that when teams are flying, they've got a, they're good at stopping them. They did it mm. to Pep Guardiola in that first season. Yeah. Uh, they did it to Chelsea in, that se- in the season that Chelsea won the league. Uh, and they did it to Chelsea last time. Uh, Pochettino is quite good at yes. getting under the skin of a team that's flying. Oh, God. So <laughs> yeah. that will be my concern. It's a if, big concern. If I you. Yeah. Uh, am I being pessimistic? What's your, what's your feeling about this? My view on this, I know you touched on it earlier on, but you look at the way Arsenal have been playing, and they have been consistent, but they've been winning games that they never would have won in, in the Wenger era. Mm. But you have a situation where they are conceding a lot of chances. And there are some, let's just say, ropey defending moments. You've Mustafi diving in all over the place. I've been impressed with Rob Holding. Socrates, I'm not sure, mm. you know, again, is he fully fit? So, like, defensively, if we concede chances in this game against the players that you've mentioned, the, the one saving grace is that... I know he scored at, at the weekend, but Kane hasn't been firing on all no. sin- cylinders. And this mm. is probably the kiss of death now, but he has been missing chances that he should have buried it this season. Yeah. So hopefully that continues for the weekend. Yeah, and I do feel like... I feel Emery probably reverts to more like the, the, the kind of team that played against Liverpool than the, the formation and line-up <coughs> last weekend. So, and that, I think that team's capable of at least, you know, matching Spurs... Unless Spurs are on like incredible form, but you know, I think yeah, I'm, 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 I feel it's probably, we'll probably get a draw. Is my feeling? Is one 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 your prediction? It feels like the most obvious thing to say. One, one. I'm going to say two two. two two. Yeah, that would be mine too. Actually, I, I, I was going to say two two oh. as well. Two. I think Arsenal will win. Do you? I think, uh, yeah, I think we will win the game. I, I'm, I'm. It's interesting. You think back to the, the last time we played Spurs away at Wembley. Um, 
and you know, John mentioned earlier, Lacazette was at the club, but I remember thinking at the time, this guy's so short on confidence. He came on, had a late chance. We were sort of one nil down and had been totally outplayed, oh, but had yeah. a chance to, to get an equaliser and he put it horribly, you know, just miscued horribly. And now you think, my God, I hope he's playing next Sunday because I think with him, we really have a chance. I, I think Aubameyang would be left out. Um, I wouldn't be too upset to see Ramsey come in, maybe for Mkhitaryan. I think, he, you know, it's not the natural position, but I think he, Ramsey will, will do, a, do a job as part of that front three. Um, and I expect there will be back to a back four. And yeah, I, I, look, we, we weren't in great form when we played Tottenham at home last year and we managed to sort of, you know, come, mm. come away with the victory. So um, I, I think it's huge. I, what, what are we? I mean, can you imagine if we go beat Spurs and then we go beat Man United? Uh, the whole table looks, you know, we'll, we'll go odds on. We'll be, you know, favourites to make the top four. <laughs> odds on, odds on in the top four market. Are people asking whether Spurs can catch? I mean, look, they're, look, it, they're only five points by Man City. Of course, yeah. they've got to be in the conversation, but Man City have let in. I don't think well, I think I was to. just listening. <laughs> John agrees with me, but I don't have to be in the conversation. I was just listening to the uh, the Totally Football Show just briefly on the way here. Man City have not conceded football a show? Uh, Totally Football Show. Jim James that? Richardson's podcast. Oh, okay. They've not conceded a goal from open play since the the first of September or something. You know, really? Man City. Yeah, since Christ. Yedlin scored for Newcastle. Oh. So there's clearly no way anyone's catching them. So it is a, the best of the rest. But I think if yeah. we can, if we can take four points, let's say, a win against Spurs and mm. Man United, we're in a great position mm. and that would be a huge success. It would be brilliant. We do need to um, give official predictions for the Vauxhall game. I say we are going to win 2-1. John? 3-0 uh, away win. Tom? 2-0 away win. Josh? Um, well, it will be interesting who plays and who gets given an opportunity for this one because it, it could be debuts. I think it's, I time, Eddie it's gets, time for them. Gets Eddie, when he, he's, yeah. the appearance he made in injury time on Sunday yeah. was his first Premier League minutes of the whole season. I know. And nearly and given the goal, they wouldn't have had time to take that free kick if he hadn't made that substitution. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah. G- given that we have got no Danny Welbeck, can you, if Aubameyang had gone down injured, mm. presumably yeah. he would have had to be the option. So it's vital he, he gets a start. You assume Smith-Rowe, I think... Uh, Zach Medley uh, might get game as well. Oh. So I will say that we'll uh, have a narrow 2-1 win, but it'll be enough, w- which will mean we'll win the group, which means we're going to get a better draw, mm. um, which will mean I think we also play away in the first leg of the, uh, the round of 32. So okay. um, it is important to just see out the group. Well, it's been real. Um, thank you very much to Dr. Tom Markham. And good luck with the, f- the films out now. What's the name of the film again? On Kaiser, on the-, the greatest footballer never to play football. Available to download now. Um, thanks to John Bruin. Thanks to Josh. And we'll be back next week. Please, God, let's not lose to Spurs. That's all I can say. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.